0: So, Amazon Prime runs consumers about $140 a year. And up to this point, an ad free experience on Prime Video has been something that many of us have enjoyed. And uh, recognizing the fact that some use it and some don't, it still makes for an annoying change that the big smiley face is about to enforce. Oh boy. Come 2024, Amazon will begin implementing limited ads into their Prime Video services, even <laughs> for Prime members.
1: <laughs> That's so. Uh, I I don't have any.
0: I don't have any words. Just keep going. Just keep going. <laughs> members have the option to pay an additional two ninety nine per month to avoid this. But yeah, this is all done in the name of continuing. Or I should say, quote, continuing to invest in compelling content and keep increasing that investment over a long period of time.
1: Hey, that's That's Disney's slogan.
0: Right. (laughs) Either way, I have a hard time accepting this. And honestly, it continues to make me question whether or not Prime is worth it anymore. As uh, year over year I wondered if I used it enough to justify the nearly $150 charge. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is just one more level that I'm like, I'm really questioning it here, people, because you're just pushing my buttons. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I'll say, which goes back to kind of what you were alluding to, is they didn't actually tack it on to the whole Prime membership charge. So they could have easily said like $144 a year. Instead, they actually made it specific for people who do want to you know, address it with Prime Video specifically for ads. Okay, at least there's that. That
1: there's yeah i know right yeah
0: <laughs> we're grasping at straws to try to find a compelling way to lessen the blow and really it's not working
1: <laughs> devil's advocate here
0: <laughs> right yeah. i know I, and you're normally the one that does that yeah, so I am. but before i hand it over to riley real quick as you can tell this is not a video recording this week we had some issues with our camera so we do apologize for that that'll be back up and running next week yes. uh but yes so take it away riley yeah i apologize
1: for that So, Netflix is planning to increase its premium on the ad-free tier. Right now, it holds at $15.49, and it's unclear how much Netflix will be increasing that amount. Um, It's set to actually start to increase in both Canada and the U.S. Of course. But there was something else about all this that JD actually sent me, and I wasn't going to discuss it mainly because... It was just a bunch more basic info to beat a dead horse with. Right. However, when I looked into it a bit more, I started to realize Netflix may be just attaining a lot more for themselves than we thought. And especially now with this whole situation. <laughs> See, the alleged reason why they are increasing their premium is that they are rehiring new writers that were on strike. The thing about this is they had to sign a contract with WGA, which is the Writers Guild of America. This allows writers to have a bit of increased earnings and allows them to see how their projects are doing on Netflix, which is fair. That's a good thing. But because of this contract, the WMA was able to calculate, apparently, how much this would hurt Netflix. It would dent their year-to-year revenue by 0.2%. Now, these may be numbers pulled out of their booties.
0: (laughs) That's an understatement. But...
1: Uh we really can't tell this time. Uh if it is true then there should be no reason at all for Netflix to increase this premium or any premium whatsoever at least for the time being. It's just it's ridiculous. I there's no logic to all of this. And, and again, if it's not true then it's still annoying because they already got rid of their yeah. their basic plan, wasn't it the I think it was like nine ninety nine. No, it was like nine ninety nine. Yeah, that, that was, was the first, first one. F3 so they got, got they rid of got that rid one. Of yep. And it's just like I feel like they keep tacking on so many other things, and it's getting to the point where it's just. I, like, I
0: was telling my wife that I'm like, uh, I am so glad that T-Mobile includes Netflix for us because yeah, this would be an absolute yes, insanity for sure. Um, the last item of our three part intro is that AX has announced that some revisions are in the works to introduce a three tier plan for any and all users. Okay. So according to reports, the base plan or premium basic, as they're going to call it, is for any users who wish to actually continue on the platform, meaning that if you don't pay, you essentially don't post. In addition to that, the base plan doesn't remove any of the ads. It's basically like an access plan to the platform. What? (laughs) <laughs> that's what I thought, I, and I, I kept on looking through this, and I'm like, "Are, are you actually being serious here?" And <laughs> every publication I went to, it's like essentially that's what they're saying. So, so I sounds like you actually have to pay to use Twitter.
1: A thing on Twitter, Musk, dude, I'm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm done. I'm- so, And I'm, I'm hoping that the, the publications are wrong and stuff like this, or maybe out of some weird way, I misunderstood it. But I mean, I've read thoroughly and it's, it's like, I don't understand how that's even logical, but it gets better. <laughs> and by that, I mean, it doesn't. Uh, so the next tier is going to be the premium standard, and that will remove half the ads for those who <laughs> wish not to be inundated by all the craziness. Wow. And then the last tier is the premium plus, which is completely free of ads and allows you to use the platform without any distractions. So currently we haven't heard anything to the effect of what the prices are for these plans or what plans will be eligible for the fancy blue checkmark. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this is all done for the sake of increasing the revenue and reducing the major debt that X currently has. So I'm not sure if you have any other response to what we've already been thinking, but there you go. I want you to name me one social
1: media website makes you pay to post on it. I
0: yeah, that's exactly the problem. <laughs> so it's. Blows my mind. This is just like, ah, like it doesn't make any sense. There's like the challenging. Yeah. The challenging part here is that uh, what's her name? Yakunama? Oh, the new CEO. <laughs> yeah. Remember. The CEO. Yeah. So evidently she said that the advertisers have come back or some of them have come back, but they're not dumping as much money into it as they used to prior to, you know, Musk's ownership. Mm hmm. So that's part of the craziness because they're actually seeing, okay, they're coming back, but we're not seeing any other way to increase revenue. So we're having to resort to this. And evidently, you know, that's supposed to help with controlling all the bots and stuff as well. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is absolute insanity. Yeah. yeah I'm really not sure if that's going to turn away people or not. I mean, we've seen what Netflix did with their crackdown and evidently, you know, signups continue to increase. I I don't know how this is going to work for social platforms because- these are have essentially been free especially from base access points. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'm I'm not interested to see. I'm actually scared to see what'll happen with this. So Yeah, me too. That is Hopefully you have better news.
1: <laughs> I it's it's interesting, albeit that. Um Tim Cook has acquired 41.5 million after selling over 500,000 Apple shares. As if this man was not rich already, Um, it's not really a deep topic to get into. Just thought we'd give some fun news for you after all this torment we've been suffering through for the first 15 minutes.
0: Yes. I mean, it's always nice to know that as our subscription fees increase, other people continue to get more rich. (laughs) Thank that's you, Riley, point. for pointing You're this well. out. Um, Couldn't have um, been a better time. I am
1: so glad to assist, especially with all the crap that we're gonna be talking about with Apple this episode. It's just I'm just kinda I'm warming <laughs> up. We're we're making we're cooking up some the good groundwork. stuff here. Yeah, it's gonna be nice. Yes. So, yeah, that's it. Wow. How much was that? You said forty Forty one point million? five million. five hundred thousand shares. <laughs> that's million. that's a lot. I know you actually it, it's too late. So he sold them? yeah okay that's a little odd it is actually when i saw that i was like normally ceos don't sell that otherwise then their Unless shareholders their shareholders lose out on that and they drop out that's what happened when elon musk bought yeah. twitter but elon played it smartly which apparently he doesn't do a whole lot of that anymore for x but he played it smartly to where his shareholders actually didn't or at least most of them didn't drop but the thing about this is like cook just did it and i don't i don't know how that's affecting people when they've invested into that because obviously when you pull out a lot of those shares the price um dips a bit so i don't know how this is gonna work um i know actually you were interested in purchasing shares like back in 2010 or 9
0: or whatever when it was pretty low but way back in the day yeah that really makes me question what's going on there and I don't know. Maybe it's just nothing. I do know that there were quite a bit of perks to what he was doing as a CEO, and the company gave him stuff. So I'm oh, if that was that's some fair. Of, yeah, that's possible. Yeah, and so that that could be what's going. On. I have no idea, but mm-hmm. yeah, the rich get richer. Real quick, actually, uh, a reminder that Amazon Day is about to wrap up on the 11th. So mm-hmm. the 10th and the 11th, and I assume we're probably going to get this out on the 10th. And then Walmart has actually followed suit with their own online-only holiday kickoff sale that started on the 9th, and it ends on the 12th. So Hmm, really, the only thing I can say to all this is that with Amazon spearheading this whole movement, it kind of makes you wonder... How many sales days are actually going to take place in the fall with Prime Day, Holiday Kickoff, Black Friday, Cyber Monday? I'm like, I feel like, (laughs) yeah, you know what?
1: You're absolutely right. It used to be just Black Friday, like, and especially if there was just Cyber Monday after that. And now it's just like, I feel like we get that every other month or something like that, which I'm not against. It just feels like it was a special moment for everyone to attack each other in stores in the early 2000s and give each other black eyes for TV.
0: (laughs) We don't get that anymore. So those stories. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, which I mean, I know a lot of that was kind of, you know, in, in regards to the whole entire pandemic. But it's now it's getting a little crazy here. And I'm like wondering what exactly is going on here. So, um,
1: I don't know if you knew this, JD, but back in 2018, Apple was close to the acquisition of DuckDuckGo, a popular search engine. And in 2019, the deal would have gone through... But uh, Apple's new head of search has stated that he felt it would allow Microsoft to receive private user information since DDG utilizes Bing. Uh, he then emailed other executives and said it was it is probably a bad idea. The name of the guy is um, John Giandrea, I think is um, who he was. He's was actually uh, started there uh, as head of search in 2018. And this whole thing happened in 2019. So... Yeah, I don't know if you know about that. It's kind of interesting, I guess, but I mean, that whole information about uh, Microsoft wanting to sell to Bing was actually just released in uh, the court
0: case um, because yes, yeah, so yeah, because I even saw that. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, I didn't even know about it either. So I didn't know about DuckDuckGo, I didn't know about Bing or anything like that. So mm-hmm. it's and and honestly. We've heard a lot of rumors about, you know, Apple doing their own in-house search engine. So I I don't know if that will ever actually come to fruition, either here in the mid-decade or at the end near 2030. But um, that's something that kind of intrigues me, just knowing that there's a very, very low percentage chance that that could happen. But I'm still kind of interested in that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that was the right move anyway, just not to go through with that. There's always a risk or some deal that I feel like could be an underlying detriment to what Apple pursues and how they structure things. So but that's just my take. Yeah, I suppose. So Samsung announced their Galaxy Smart Tag 2 that supports ultra-wideband technology for locating and compass-like tracking capabilities. So uh, this is powered by a CR2032 battery battery which is said to last between 500 and 700 days, depending on the power mode, Hmm. Uh, which it also includes Bluetooth low energy to help with that longer endurance too. So that's cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, the device is also IP67 rated and it will run $30 and is set to be available starting Tuesday, October 10th. So depending on when this is published, it may already be available for sale. Uh, Yeah, I I actually did see
1: that uh, pop up on my feed there uh glad you got a chance to actually discuss it uh it's i i thought it looked pretty okay i didn't really see any major issues with it i
0: don't know if you did or not but they had that huge ring on top of the actual base so it was like Uh, i guess that was the only thing that i kind of was like what but i mean it kind of makes sense if you're using it like with your keys and stuff or whatever yeah yeah exactly so and then the other quick important thing to note is that we have a couple FE products coming up. So oh, yeah. one is the Galaxy Buds FE, which offers ANC capabilities at only $100. Hmm. Uh, those will come out on the 10th as well. And then the Galaxy S23 FE is about to release coming up on the 26th of this month. So for those who have been following those models, they'll either be available at the time of listening to this episode or, you know, in a couple of weeks or so. Sweet. Last week, we
1: mentioned that many users had been complaining that their 15 Pro had been overheating to the point that even some were experiencing the phone restarting on them. Well, Apple has released 17.0.3 that uh, should resolve this issue. We won't know a whole lot about it until we see results from users uh, and other uh, articles uh, in, in the next week or so. However, Quo has theorized that it's possible there were compromises made in the thermal system design and uh, he yeah. stated that the issue would only be resolved if Apple lowered the processor performance Apple made a pouty face and said they were not going to tweak anything about the A17 chip. so hmm. either this point .3 update works or it doesn't and people are going to be frustrated with Apple so we'll see how that works <laughs>
0: Yeah, I actually, I've actually seen some uh, reports on that as well. Uh, some people have actually done benchmarks and saw that the scores were lower uh, by oh, a decent okay. number. So it's kind of hard to say. I don't I don't really know. And, and the hard part with that is you never know like how soon after they installed it were the tests made because sometimes it takes a while for the computer and the software to regulate.
1: That is true,
0: yeah. So that there's that to think about as well. But I think it was a decent number, like maybe 100 or 200 depending on multi-core, single-core. Um, but yeah, so that's... Yeah, that's true. It does make you wonder, though, and I, it made me wonder, too, when, when they did that. I thought it might have been to address like how the third-party apps access or kind of work within the software but uh, yeah. yeah it wouldn't be too far fetched to think okay they're going to actually lower the performance capabilities of the uh, a17 pro so I mean, you'd probably have to yeah that's some logical way i can see it but yeah, in theory yeah that's kind of how it works so and i mean i don't know how true these rumors were but this was a while ago and and since then they've kind of surfaced even more but it was supposed to be some sort of modification of how the m1 worked but it was based on the 3 nanometer process so uh, okay. i don't really know how much of that is true but if it was overdone and they're trying to put it in on iPhone, I can see how that might have worked, but yeah. it's hard to say. Either way, we'll move on to some deals here. So we have Ugreen Nexode. It's a 100-watt charger uh, that is shared between two USB-C ports. It also has a MagSafe dock and a USB-A port as well. Uh, not a huge discount, but it's 15% off on Amazon. Cool. On uh, Best Buy, we
1: have the LG sixty-five inch Class C four K TV. It went from twenty-five hundred dollars to seventeen hundred, and you can also finance that seventy dollars a month for twenty-four months. So, yeah,
0: that's uh pretty good right there. Yeah, it is a decent deal. I don't have the Class C, but those are decent models. So, um, for sure, I mean, obviously, you'd have to expect that. Not exactly in our price range, but... More so in yours than mine. Right, yeah. So getting back into some of the main news, uh, with the latest Pixel Watch being announced and soon to be available for the masses, we now have some new software to go along with that. And as such, that means that new watch faces entail... And I think we have kind of talked about some of this in the rumors, but here are the final appearances of those watch faces. Ooh. Now, normally we don't do this, but since the Pixel watch is fairly new, we'd figured we'd highlight some of them. Uh, first is the basic bold and curvy clock, kind of very Samsung-esque. I don't know if that's kind of what you're seeing there, yeah, Riley. But I actually uh, am, yep. Nothing amazing, kind of just gives you the basics. Mm-hmm. That one is actually called digital bold. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but... The next one is Adventure, and that adds a little bit more detail with an analog timekeeper. And I would say this would probably be my second favorite out of all of them. Yeah. And of course, like you guys can definitely check this out in the description just to follow along. And then the third is called Analog Arcs. This one, while it is a bit crazy, it actually adds a lot of options for information to be had and very much actually reminds me of apple's infograph watch face yes i was actually just thinking that. about that which yep. is yeah i actually switched to that on my watch today because i was like i wonder how close that is and it's very very similar so
1: but i feel like with this one though you get a little bit more information and that's actually something real quick i'll just say this i love apple's watch faces and especially the infograph one i just wish they would allow you to show more info around i know that's what they did with the ultra Two, but uh yeah, it would be nice if they could do
0: that. But this this is I think this is my uh, favorite out of all of them. That is exactly where I was going. This is my favorite as well. It's, it's funny because I know people would look at this and be like, "Wow, there's just so much there." It kind of would make it crazy oh, when I'd you love think it. about it. You you have like what is it? You got four inside, which also includes the day and the date. Yep. And then you've got four on the corner. Exactly. So I think that's a very nice way to do it. It doesn't really look all tacky. So and no. that's why I like it so much. And then the fourth one is called Large Scale. Again, just a more basic appearance with a little bit more added from the digital bold watch face. So I don't hate it, but it's there. Yeah, no, it's simple, but, you know. (laughs) And then the very last one is called Rotation. This one, I kind of wish they went with more of a sophisticated look. It is an analog, but it looks more playful and like a kid Watch. yeah that's kind of what i'm See what thinking. I'm from yeah with the dates okay like I, w- I wasn't the... sure if that was just me but that's kind of what i saw yeah. i was like i don't i'm not really a big fan of it i mean it's cool that you have the day and the date on the hour and minute hand
1: i also kind of like the fact um well about one of the only things I like about this rotation here is that it actually only highlights the
0: number of the hour that it's on which that's kind of cool i think yeah that is I, that's not exactly my favorite, but I don't know. Hopefully they have some more sophisticated watch faces in the future. Yeah. I think they have some that are existing, but it's it's not like they stand out to me. So, but in any case, that was it for the Pixel Watch 2. Obviously we haven't gotten our hands on one yet, but we will in the future to give you some, uh, some of our opinions on that model.
1: For sure. Many Apple users have experienced multiple issues with their new iPhone 15, mostly the Pro and Pro Max. Whether that be overheating issues, iPhone-to-iPhone transfer, and even just buying the new fine-woven case that Apple spoke very highly of in their event. Yep. Well, now we can add another to this list, and it has to do with Wi-Fi. Many users are now experiencing connection issues, specifically with their iPhone 15, uh, whichever tier that may be. Many people are starting to have a hard time utilizing certain apps, uh, like Threads or... Uh, I think it one there was Instagram and a couple others. Mm. And they have to turn their Wi-Fi off and back on again just so it works. There's either no connection or very slow one at best. Um, Apple has yet to address this matter and until then many will have to stick with the same basic on and off gestures that would allow people to go on their merry day. Honestly, every week that goes by, it's a week that I am more and more glad I did not get the fifteen JD.
0: I can't really argue with you on that one, but <laughs> I mean what you it's just kind of when you think about all this stuff. I mean we and, and we haven't even this is not this is not even including the whole entire how we perceived the titanium. I mean, yes, we thought it was amazing because it offered some stability with a lighter weight material. Yeah. Um, but even then, the coating is, you know, scraped off for people. Uh, I I feel like the ceramic shield is gotten worse as far as being durable when it comes that's, to scratches. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. That's all I've heard is it continues to get worse and worse with each model. And I'm like, I know that it's supposed to help with, you know, decreasing if it cracks, which obviously it hasn't helped you. Um, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, what are we achieving here? Because it's not... That I think it's the first thing you should do when you buy an iPhone is to go out and buy a screen protector. You shouldn't have to do that. But now you're almost requiring people because of how, quote unquote, cheap the glass is. Yes. Yep. So that's it. And, and this whole entire Wi-Fi issue, which I I heard. I heard that. And then I also saw um uh what was the YouTuber uh, Zolotech. He uh he actually had mentioned that as well. And hmm. I think it might even stem further beyond the 15s. Someone in the article mentioned their iPad, I believe. Let me just okay. check that. Because he was talking about like know, the iPhone wanna... 14s and possibly some people had the 13s as well. So I don't know if that's an iOS 17 update or something or what, but I, clearly the 15s are, are one of the... Biggest, yeah, this uh... guy
1: said, quote, at first I thought the issues were related to my network, but then I noticed that it was only happening with my iPhone 15 Pro Max and M2 iPad Pro, both running the latest version of iOS. Hmm. Yeah. So it looks like it's just the iPads, at least the newer ones that are running the newest version and the 15 Pro Max. Um, And I think even it, the article also stated that even just iOS 17 in general, even some um, people for... for iphone 14 and before that uh some i think are having issues there as well so yeah i really think apple needs to get on the ball here and just resolve this issue because it's gonna get worse well may not worse but it's gonna get more annoying i think as time goes yeah
0: yeah it's this is definitely not at that stage where i'm recommending my wife or our parents to upgrade to 17 So I'm, I'm we're still waiting on that one. <laughs> when we tell them to upgrade, then we'll actually let you guys know. Like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure. Because at this point in time, it's just a it's a downward spiral. Switching back to Google, actually, this next item kind of gives me a little twinkle in my eye because oh. the unknown means that I may finally have an option to the likes of Samsung. Uh, the Pixel Buds app is available. And while that doesn't mean a whole lot for some of us, it includes key data within the app, specifically the code. In past episodes, we've talked about the Pixel 8, 8 Pro, and 8a uh, when it relates to code names. uh, Shiba, Husky, and recently uh, Akita. Yeah. Now, there is another code name rolling around listed as Comet. Hmm. Uh, many publications and analysts are questioning what this is in reference to and why it is listed so early on in the development. Uh, I thought it might have been in reference to the Pixel 9 series, but coinciding with the fact that those are expected to be reptile code names and the fact that it's a little under a year away. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, that's pretty far from when they expect to release. Comment is pointing more so to another folding phone. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, some think that it may be the Pixel Fold 2, while well, others are speculating that this could possibly be flip. the Pixel Flip. Yep, so I Very am plausible. like, I'm not sure which one <laughs> if this even excites you, but it definitely excites me because it kind of gives me some hope that there could be a flip out there, even though, yes. We want to see some improvements on the fold, but uh. <laughs>
1: well, it, it definitely excites me if it's a flip, not so much the fold, although like you said, I would right. like to see some major improvements on that just because I felt like the bezels were just way too thick. There were a few other key issues that I was kind of not so, you know, too happy about. But I mean, either one of two things happens, either they really, really uh, get done to business with the fold and refine it a crap ton more or they release the flip, (laughs) I'll be happy either way, but I would prefer the flip.
0: Well, we'll see how that works. So that's cool though. Yeah, I mean, nothing can be said for certain. I'm just 100% hopeful that we could see a Google produced flip phone sometime in 2024.
1: So it'd be cool. Uh, One other Apple topic, and there's one after this too, so hold your horses. Uh, One other Apple topic that we have for you guys today has to do with the Apple Pencil. Uh, We honestly have not had any new rumors since a few months ago when we mentioned it, but someone had yeah. found text in the second beta of 17.1. Run. run for <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, then run. In the second beta of 17.1, referring to USB C for the Apple Pencil. Right. Quote, connect to USB C to recharge soon, end quote, end quote, Apple Pencil battery very low, end quote, are part of that text in the beta. Now, as MacRumor points out, it is hard to tell if this has to do with a third gen pencil with USB-C or if this has to do with some type of adapter for the first gen. Honestly, I feel like it would not make sense to do much with the first gen since I feel like most people have upgraded to their iPads by now and to be able to use an Apple Pencil, you have to upgrade to the second gen anyways. So, I don't think this has anything to do with the original Apple Pencil. I think we May very well see the third gen have USB-C, which would be cause for um, faster charging, uh, and maybe some other possibilities. We know that uh, I think we we looked at some rumors a few months ago when it was talking about some haptic features, uh, and even the possibility of actually being being able to use uh, Find My. Uh, with it and even a different color i think it was black so uh there's a few things to look forward to with this pencil i'm kind of excited to see how that's gonna go i don't know about you but
0: yeah that's really weird though and i'm a little nervous so if they do have USB-C, are they gonna keep the wireless interface
1: See, that's what I was kind of struggling with. I think they're going to keep the wireless, but I think they're going to implement some sort of interior design, however that would work, to allow you to use both. I feel like the technology is there, though, to do both, because I feel like if you want to have wireless to charge it when you're on the go, that's very efficient. But if you're at home and your pencil is dead, which most likely won't happen, but if your pencil's dead and you need to charge it super quick, I feel like USB C would actually be very efficient in that manner. Otherwise, I feel like just wireless charging is the best bet. So I don't know. It is weird. I agree, but it depends. It is
0: weird. Like I, I get that it's in the coding and everything like that. But the the, the funny thing for me is. My pencil stays on my iPad 24/7 practically. I mean obviously yeah. when I'm using it it's not on there, but I mean that's where it is. That's where it remains. No, I can so that. So I it is really weird that that's in there and that's even I don't I don't know, but Yeah. that is really really intriguing for sure. So um let's just really hope
1: that they don't repeat the first pencil where you have to plug it into the
0: Yes, that would be the worst concern that I have is that they're going to remove wireless charging altogether and stick with USB C. Yeah. I don't even that doesn't even make any sense. So, no. as as concerned as I am, I, that would be an extreme doubt for me that they would even notion that idea. But yeah. anyway, continuing like Riley said with Apple for our final item here. Uh, according to Mac Rumors, it sounds as though Apple is getting ready to update its eligible trade-in list to include some of the latest current models out there. And uh more often than not, this is a good indication that newer and/ or revised models are soon to come. Mm-hmm. Now, the rumor mill is turning up some of those that stem from the Mac lineup, the thirteen inch MacBook Pro, thirteen inch MacBook Air, and the twenty four inch iMac. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, we have no confirmation or certainty yet on which of those models are to come. Uh, but we do speculate that the iMac is the front runner, okay. Others have also mentioned that we could see the 14-inch and 16-inch MacBook Pros, but I am extremely confident that we will not see those until early next year at the soonest. Yes. Um, The one thing that we do know is that they should be powered by the latest M3 chipset, and part of the spotlight of this news is centered around how much performance and efficiency increase we will see since the M3 is built on the latest 3-nanometer fabrication, meaning that this jump could be bigger than the M1 to M2 improvements. So, Wow. Okay. I personally, this real quick, I personally found it ironic that there just so happens to be releasing the M3 that's built on the 3 nanometer. So it's kind of funny. Yeah, that is actually a good point. I feel
1: like now that you mentioned it, I th- I feel like uh, the iPads are kind of doing the same thing. Some are being released this year, some are waiting until later. Yeah, so we have the iPad Mini. Yep, uh, and that's it's possible that it would release either by the end of this year or possibly, uh, which maybe not as likely by the beginning of next. Uh, and Macie Quo actually stated back in December that a new iPad Mini would likely be released in those times anyway. So. Rumors also indicate that it will maintain the same design as its predecessor, but it will have a faster chip. So, kind of like you were saying with the uh, base MacBook. Uh, the next one has to do with the iPad, and uh, it's alleged to maintain the same look, but again, it will have a faster chip inside. So, it's mainly just a quick refresh. Yep. Uh, we're also getting rumors of two, that's right, Gauntum 2, iPad Airs. Yes. Um, there, there are a few code names here. So, you have the j507 and j508 that would be that would be the base ipad air and then um the, the one with cellular one with wi-fi and then you have j537 and j538 and these ones would be the larger ipad airs uh, both with cellular and wi-fi that's why there's two different ones uh yeah so yeah more different ipads to add to the list there's like six now possibly And finally, we have the iPad Pro with the M3 chip. This most likely will not be released till 2024, as Mark Gurman believes. And uh, these will have the codenames J717 and J718 for the base model and the J720 and J721 for the Pros. Other than the M3, we do not have any other further information at this time. And uh, finally, after all of that, we may also be getting a redesigned Magic Keyboard. And instead of this being made of plastic, it would be made with aluminum, and it would have a larger trackpad. Uh, The main point of this refresh is to make it look more like a laptop, which Apple Hardy has. It's called the MacBook. So now I guess we'll finally get a (laughs) MacBook with touchscreen. Yay. Uh, Regardless, just to sum up, the iPad and iPad Mini have a higher probability of being released by the end of this year, and the others should be released before WWDC 2024 And there's one other thing that I found this very interesting is that Apple may not release those M3 iPads till after the Vision Pro is released, mainly because people would get confused by why is this only had the M2 and not the M3 in it? Um, I, I think that would cause people to be up in arms about that. So I agree. I think they will release the iPad Pros after the Vision Pro. I feel like that makes a little more logical sense there, but I don't know. It's, it's a lot to, to gather here with
0: all these iPads and Macs and everything. It so. is. There is a lot to kind of take in. I'm actually okay with having two iPad Airs with different sizes. Really? And the reason why I say that is because I love my iPad Air, but it's nice to have something that has a larger screen, but I don't have to, you know, jump into a pro. The question I have is how are they going to integrate that? Because once you jump into I think what is it? Is it a two fifty six or five twelve iPad Air? Mm-hmm. It starts to question whether you want to buy a pro. So yeah. it's really the pricing that I have a concern with. I would love to have a larger iPad Air without having to pay what is it for the twelve inch pro. Is it like a thousand or at least a thousand hundred dollars?
1: At least yeah, it's,
0: thousand. it's over a $1,000 for, for sure. So um that's kind of where I'm going. I do understand where you're coming from because we've talked about like how much Apple just goes full force with so many products in yeah. just one category. So that's yep. – I can understand that. I'm not sure if you have any other, you know, countering thoughts.
1: Well, I actually – something something kind of said and I feel like this kind of brings to mind this whole ladder thing we talked about that – um mark has mentioned i feel like if you add an ipad air plus or something of that nature that ladder is going to be is going to have a lot more steps to it and apple's whole marketing ploy with this whole thing is gonna be a lot more efficient because now what happens is and you kind of touched on this uh just a moment ago now what happens is you have an ipad air and then you buy the say the 512 or you're about to buy it and then you look and say, oh well, I'll just get the iPad Air Plus because that's a little bit bigger and I can get about the same storage. And then you see the iPad Pro like, okay, that's pretty close to there. I think I can still like, you, you see what I'm saying? I feel like it just adds more to that whole marketing thing, which is great for Apple, but it's also just, I feel oh like, yeah, I feel like it just inflates this whole stuff more. I, I do agree with you that it, it does add another kind of flavor to the Air series. Um, Maybe something, yeah. something that we haven't had in, For that, so I I guess I can see your point too. I just feel like it's it's just another way of Apple being able to make
0: more. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's never bad for them. Yeah, um, yeah, that's and that's kind of right where I am. So I I think in some people's minds they kind of they throw out the size. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's not all of them, but sometimes they just throw out the size and they're like, I'm only going to compare, you know, apples with apples and oranges with oranges. I'm going to compare the 10 inch with the 10 inch and the 11 inch with the 11 inch. So, and they kind of look at that price difference right. and go from there. But yeah. I mean, even even what you're saying, some people could conceivably think, okay, I'm going to go for the 10 inch to the 12 Air and then, you know, from the 12 to the 10 inch Pro. So there's just so much craziness on there. And I don't really think when it comes to the basic consumer, not you and I, we're different. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the basic consumer, um, it could be extremely confusing and just like, I don't know. There's just too much there. Uh, although I think... When it comes to some of the specs, they separate it okay. But now that the Air has an M-series chipset, it's getting that much closer to the pros. So that's kind of where I feel like they've maybe missed a step and made it too similar. But I don't know. That's just me. (laughs)
1: But we'll have to see how this all kind of yeah. plays out at the end, um, you know, and, and maybe it might be that Apple's testing the waters to see like, OK, if we release this plus version, will more people buy that and less people buy the base or, um, you know, because I feel like they always do that where they release certain because they always have a limit to what they release because they expect a certain amount of people to buy something. So maybe they're just right. trying to find that sweet spot for revenue each year and this could be another reason why they're doing that too so i don't know
0: from yeah from from that point it kind of makes you question because they've made that mistake with the iphone mini so that's true they did. It, it just it really depends on how people you know approach that and and say oh yeah i'm glad i'm glad they had kind of like what i said before i'm glad they have a, they'll have a larger or we're expecting them to have a larger ipad air so yeah in either case um yeah i think as far as the mac goes I would probably say I'd be more in tune with the 24-inch iMac. I'm kind of excited about that one over the 13-inch, unless they have a redesign, uh, which I don't think we're expecting. We haven't heard any rumors on that. The only thing I'm saying that is of a question is what way these products will be released. And at this point, my money is completely on a press release, such as either a small YouTube I would agree, yep. So the product or maybe just updating their home web page I mean that's what they did last that's year that's what they did last year and I think a lot of analysts I think even including I'm not sure if it's Ming or Mark Gurman one of those two actually said that they're on the press release side as well that they're not going to do a full on Apple event mm-hmm. so yeah. outside of that that will wrap it up for this week's episode we certainly hope you guys enjoyed it and we will catch you guys in the next one this is JD and Riley signing off peace out yeah.